Working? I think it's working. Wow, there's a lot of people here today. Praise the Lord. Glad to be back here to preach here in ASDAQ. And uh, this Sabbath will be the last Sabbath before more easing happening next week. And I'm sure many of you are looking forward to back to somewhat the normalcy that we are all looking forward to. Over the past two years, I praise God for guiding all of us through, and I think we can see some light at the end of the long tunnel. And to be honest, I'm just glad to be at church, to sing, to fellowship with one another. Last Sabbath was our first Sabbath to have fellowship lunch back in Maranatha Church. It was just no nice to be able to just sit and eat together. No more rushing people to leave as soon as possible. Because I remember those announcements. Please leave as soon as possible. They're chasing everybody out. Yeah, we did it in record timing. In less than 10 minutes, we closed everything and everybody left. It was kind of sad, you know. That was what happened. And it's last time. Okay, last time the announcement changed. Please stay back. Please stay back. Don't go home. It's kind of weird, right? You know? Last few years, we've been chasing people out. And last time, please stay back. Please stay back. Don't go. Don't go. Uh, some of them left already, but you know, so we have food so that some of them stay back. And uh, of course, we, there's something we gradually like to do and to have fellowship lunch. And you know, gone were the day when I talked to the camera alone. Uh, I remember two years back, just me and one church elder, two of us enjoying life at the church. I preach, he looked at me, and I look at him. He is the whole congregation. And sometimes he doesn't laugh at my joke also. <laughs> and the worst thing, you know, as far as I know, the camera don't have no amen back to me. I said, amen, and the camera. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was difficult. So uh, as a pastor, I have to start to imagine people are enjoying my sermon, you know. Self-imagination. But I'm just happy to be back at church, to see people, to fellowship with everyone, and just to be here. That's what the church community is all about. And just to be here. So God is good. All the time, God is good. Today, I just want to share a very simple message to all of you today. And I pray that all of you will be blessed in this simple message. Let's pray. God, we look to you now, the author and finisher of our faith. We ask that today, God, you will begin a new story in the hearts of people who have yet to know you and those who have sought to live for you and to trust in you, that you will continue writing our faith story today, to know you more, to trust you more, and to love you more. And because we have encountered the living God and through your living words today. Father, I surrender myself to you and ask that you will fill me with your spirit Cover me with your grace, anoint me and allow the Holy Spirit to preach through me so that life would be given today through your word. So the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing to you and bring glory and honour to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. It is in your precious name we pray. Amen. Just this past Sunday, we had a memorial service and some of you came to Maranatha Church. Um, to celebrate the life of our dear sister, Mrs. Florence Lee. And when Mrs. Florence Lee passed away last year, I was called upon to conduct her funeral service. Uh, Kipling is here today, so he was there. And I think most of us will usually know what happened whenever somebody mentioned funeral service. One of the last places that we will always end up, if we go to Mandai Crematorium, is this the last place that we go for the final send-off. Now, as a pastor, I've done all four halls, hall one, hall two, hall three, hall four. 
you know, all four already. And as I pastor, we will usually say the last prayer. Uh, we call it the committal prayer. And normally I say with a certainty to the hope of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our hope as Christian. When I look at the grave, the grave does not have the final words for our believers. Our times of suffering and pain, they too do not have the final words. There's only one person who determines the final words of our life, and his name is Jesus, who is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He alone has the final words of all things. Amen. And true, though our days may seem dark at times, a world so much at stake right now, so much uncertainty, the darkness is not our final destiny for those who trust in Jesus. And that's why we have the closing song. This is so sweet to trust in Jesus. Our destiny is not for destruction. Our life is not meant to stay in darkness. Because God, our God is a God of light of this world, and through Him we can have hope even in the midst of uncertainty, unrest, and wars, and all the things that's happening even in our life today. And today we're going to look at Genesis chapter 28. And in some ways, probably we can see a bit how we can see hopes even in the most difficult times. Let me give you a bit of background here. This man, his name is Jacob, and of course here in the Hebrew word, Yaakov. It comes from the Hebrew verbs meaning to take by the heel, to grab, or to deceive. He was actually born grabbing, taking hold of what wasn't his. Imagine when he was born grabbing somebody. And interesting, that was his, what his name meant to be. And that's all we hear about him until one day after they had grown up. You can check back in Genesis. Esau, his older brother, comes back from exhausted from the days hunting, asked Jacob for some stew of lentils that was there, and it smells really good. At that moment, Jacob got that idea. Maybe he's Chinese, we don't know. There's no free lunches in this world. Uh, his mind come, and he turned very Chinese. There's no free lunch in this world. He negotiated for the brother's birthright. He thought, after all, I can't help. I was born a few minutes later than Esau. I deserve it more than this brother of mine who just hunt animal all day. Jacob reasons in his mind. Esau, on the other hand, not caring about his birthright in that he's willing to trade it off for a full stomach. Even that, Jacob never should have tempted Esau in that way. He took advantage of his own brother when he was at his weakest moment. Sometime later in Genesis chapter 27, Jacob is at it again. He proceeded to deceive his father. Sure, it was you know, Jacob's mother's uh, idea, but Jacob at that time was a grown man. He could have said no, but he didn't. He just followed along the plan. And so Jacob in Genesis chapter 27 verse 15 puts on Esau's clothes for the purpose of deception. Then Rebekah, took the choice clothes of her elder son, Esau, which were with her son in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. In verse 19, Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat in my game, that your soul may bless me. What happened? He 
lies. He lies. Verse 20. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found me so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God brought it to me. He not only lies, what did he do? But he actually make it was much worse by claiming that God helped me. And verse 24. And he said to him, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He lies again. And notice what Esau says about Jacob when he finds out what his brother has done. It's very interesting the progression that he went. One lie, second lie, third lie. Deceiving his father. And notice what Esau says about Jacob after he finds out what happened, what did his brother did. In verse 36, and Esau says, Is he not rightly named Jacob? In other words, as the Living Bible says, no wonder they call him the cheater. Imagine your name. <laughs> name something that is not so good. When you look at the Old Testament, names mean something. And that's why they always wanted the L inside, Michael, because of the El Shaddai. That's why name is very important, symbolize who you are. Jacob, not a very good name. Jacob dissimilarly got the blessing from Isaac, for which his elder brother Esau got extremely angry with him. Jacob told Esau, told about Esau's plot to kill him in verse 41. And this is what Esau wanted to do. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing in which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. At once, Jacob left, leaving his home, running for his life. He left home so quickly and sudden. I can, I can tell you, it wasn't one of those beautiful send-off. The typical farewell. He just left. Rushing. Right? I don't know about you. How many of you moved places before? How many of you have moved? You, I tell you, I hated of all things is moving. Right? I have lived in so many countries. And every time I move, I really hated it. Imagine the amount of packings that you need to do. I've come to the point, I remember I was moving from Thailand to Singapore. I've come to the point where I was packing until 3 a.m. in the morning, I gave up. Have you done that before? You pack, 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 pack until you gave up. Just whatever. <laughs> whatever I can take, I take. Whatever I can take, let's give it. Uh, some of you know, huh? The experience. You never look back when you left. <laughs> and just move on. He didn't have those beautiful sign off. He knew he had to leave. He packed what he got and he left. There's Jacob. Fast forward in Genesis 28, verse 10. Now Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went to Haran. Now Jacob is in a very long journey, 800 kilometers to be precise, from Bathsheba to Haran. It was a journey back in time for Jacob, backward because he was retracing the steps of his great, his grandfather Abraham, who came from Haran to the promised land many years ago. He went backward. Very interesting. Abraham left him to a settlement of people, so it was natural Rebekah thought of Haran for safe haven for the younger son Jacob. Abraham left behind him a settlement of people, so it was far enough where Esau wouldn't follow him, 
Yet there were family members there, Rebecca's brother. So Jacob wouldn't be alone. Rebecca's plans were simple. She was sending him to a safe place for a few months until Esau's anger passed away. Then she would send words for Jacob to come home. Now, Jacob was quick to run from his circumstances, but never knew his journey would be stopped. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 11. I think this is a text that many of you know about certain things that happened in his life. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Now remember, no one can run away from God. Today, if you are sitting here and the sun is setting down on you, you have no place to go, you see no light for the future, I can tell you God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Now on that evening, as the sun sinks over the western horizon, Jacob stops for the night. He came to the outskirts of the city called Luz, a place unknown to him. Jacob was filled with fear. Jacob made his bed. In the gathering of darkness, Jacob rests his head upon that stone. I imagine he had a hard time sleeping that night, thinking what had happened. He left behind an aging father whom he had cheated. He thought of the shameful deceit that happened. He remembers saying goodbye to his loving mother. He thought of Esau. He had been filled with fear of death. As the stars come out, the strange sound of the night filled his ear. Jacob realized for the first time in his life, he was truly alone. Homeless, penniless, hopeless, and alone in that place. Jacob got what he wanted, but he could, couldn't, that night, he could reflect the terrible price he paid for the things he wanted so much. He drifted off to an uneasy sleep while he slept. He had one of the most famous dreams in history, and it is many of us remember uh, this dream, the Jacob's Ladder. Genesis chapter 28, verse 12 and 13. Then he dreamt, and behold, a ladder was set on the earth, and it stopped reaches to heaven. There the angel of God was ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I give to you and your descendants. In the dream, Jacob saw a stairway or ladder descending from heaven to earth. Jacob sees the stairways resting on earth right where he happened to be. On the stairways, Jacob saw the angel going up and down the stairs. God had never spoken to Jacob before. God spoke to his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac. He heard about God from his father, from his grandfather. He was raised in their faith, believed their faith, but he never had a personal encounter with God himself. And the amazing part is this, God now speaks to Jacob at the moment of his desperation. Now running for his life, now that he's leaving the promised name, now that he has disgraced himself, now that he finally reached a rock bottom of his experience, God spoke to Jacob. And I like this quote from, you know, C.S. Lewis says this, God whispers to us in our pleasure and shouts to us in our pain. Pain, he said, is God's megaphone to rouse a sleeping world. And that's what exactly happens in Jacob's life. God, now God moved to rouse Jacob while he asleep. Now, Jacob's ladder was not a ladder as we think of one. 
conventional ladders were not invented until many years later by the Assyrians. Instead, it was just a staircase. Um, but the most important thing that we need to keep in mind was that what the ladder actually symbolized. In our Bible commentary, SDA Bible commentary says this, the ladder was a visible symbol of real uninterrupted fellowship between God in heaven and His people upon earth. The angels secure to present man's need before God and descend with the promise of divine assistance and protection. And so Jacob was alive today. If Jacob were alive today in our century, he wouldn't have dreamed about a ladder, but maybe, who knows, a mobile phone. Because a mobile phone in our day comes the closest to symbolizing what the ladder did in Jacob's day. A link between man and God. A two-way medium of communication that's happened. At the top of the ladder stood God himself. Just think about the, that. Jacob at the bottom. God at the top. A stairway filled with angels in between. You know, these are things that we do not see, but it's actually happening today. This communication going on behind the scene. You see, there was a reason why Jacob was a cheater. He cheated because he thought God was far away from him. He thought of a God in heaven having nothing to do with man's day-to-day -day affair. To Jacob, God was too big to ever be concerned about someone like him. Jacob viewed God as entirely great, but so far from earth that God had no time for the details of humans' affair. We feel that sometimes in our own life. I know God loves me, but in this big world, how can God have time to care about me? I don't know, have you asked that question before? Sometimes in your personal devotion, that God is so big, right? So far from us, but does He really care about me? Me, here on this earth? Me, sitting here in this room? That's how Jacob lived for all this year. He cheated because he thought God either didn't notice, didn't care, or was too busy to help him out. So Jacob constantly, constantly took matters into his own hand. But Jacob is wrong. Look at the message of the dream in verse 15. And I think there is something we can take off today in this simple message. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. The promise is very clear. I will be with you. I am with you. I will keep you wherever you go. I will not leave you. God is telling Jacob, I am nearer to you than what you think I am. Although I am in heaven and you are on earth, there is a stairway that reaches from me to you. And my angels are constantly watching over you. Wherever you travel, my stairways travels with you. And I will be with you in Bathsheba. I'm with you here tonight. And I will be with you in Haran. Everywhere you go, I will go with you. It is a message of the nearest and the promise of God to someone messed up like Jacob. Jacob is assured repeatedly by God that his presence will not leave him until he passes through his trial and he's back at home. In every situation of life, God is entirely already at work before even I get there. So many times, I tend to limit my thinking to the fact that God is with me as I go through life. 
He's not only with me now, He's already way up ahead of the road with me. While I'm struggling with my problems today, God is providing solution for things I'm going to face tomorrow. He's already there working out in situations I've yet to face. Now today I'm going to share with you something, you know, I probably have not shared much before. You know, many years ago, I was not a Christian. And I thank God for using my sister to bring me to the church. And uh, I came to the church at 16 years old. And then and through a series of Bible study, encountering good people at the church, I came to know God. Uh, well, I'll be honest, huh? the potluck did attracted me to go to church. <laughs> you know. And uh, I remember the first time I stepped into the church, you would not imagine the clothes I wear. I was wearing shorts, you know, those uh, singlet and a sandal. I walked into the church. I was so shocked. Because I went inside, you know, it's been an English church. You would not imagine you know, somebody like me walking there. But, and, and the worst thing is, at that time, I don't really speak English that well. So <laughs> I walk in. Wow, I almost left. I could not feel how else to <laughs> I definitely wasn't dressing for the right occasion. But I thank God for many good friends at that church. Invited me to come back. Invited me to stay back, invited me to join the activities and continue to fellowship. I'm thankful for those times. And until the day I was baptized into the church and I stayed put in the church. And I always thought in my baptismal day, I asked God, if you can save a sinner like me, I want to commit my life to you and to do your ministry. I came from, you know, uh, not... Not a very rich family. In fact, you know, probably some people would call it a ghetto neighborhood. So I thought to myself, how on earth I will be able to study for ministry? That was back in 1998. I was supposed to go to SAUC, but SAUC closed down. <laughs> uh, wanted to come here, cannot. They closed down the school. On the way to Thailand, moving. And I thought to myself, how will I be able to do ministry or study in ministry? Uh, and I pray, and God miraculously opened the door. When I went to America at that time, all I had with me was 100 US dollar. And a promise from someone that will say they will help me whenever I need. That's all. I bought two luggage, a small one. Huh? And one of the back, I bought the big Bible and three volumes of Spirit of Prophecy, blue color one. Some of you remember that. One bag, the other bag was my clothes, that's it. I went to US, 100 US dollar. I never knew what school's going to pay my bill. What I'm going to do, will I be able to graduate? Even if I graduate, where will I serve? I don't know. I had no clue at all. And I left. Seven years later, I came back. You know, I did my bachelor, I did my master. I thank the Lord he led me through. Even did I didn't figure out how he could, but he did. And I thank God. I remember every time I see the finance department at Andrews University, the, the VP of finance always looked very angry at me. <laughs> every time I had to register, she looked very mad, you know, <laughs> because I have no money to pay. <laughs> I have to take out the loan, you know, to pay. She was very mad at me. But uh, thank God, the last semester, she looked very happy. 
I got a lot of money left. So, and I left Andrew, I got 2,000 US dollars with me. And I came back home. After that, you know, there was some issue for me finding a call. It was not easy. So today, even before I, I do all these things, God has prepared a way. And today I'm thankful enough, people like Dr. Shi have helped me who started my ministry in the church. And I didn't, didn't have much back then. I didn't know many people either. So I thank God for leading people who helped me along the journey in ministry. And today, here I am. And sometimes we do not know where we will be. And times we are lost, we, we do not know. But one thing we can do, God, when God promised, He will do. And He promised. So I'm thankful for God's guidance and His belief. When I left home at 18, 19 years old to study ministry, all I had is just the Bible promise. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. That's all I had. And I went with it. And God has provided. Amen. It is with Jacob. So I'm asking you the question, are you worried about tomorrow? He's already there. How about next week? He's already there. What about that job, relationship, sickness, family? Fear not. He goes ahead of you, clearing the way, arranging details of life, so that when you get there, you can have confidence that God has already been there before you. Deuteronomy says this, The Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Suddenly, Jacob woke up from his sleep, and he says this in verse 28, 16 and 17, then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. The question that comes to my mind is, why wasn't he aware of it? One explanation of Jacob's response had to do with his guilt. If I can paraphrase the statement of Jacob, he, what he's saying really is this, I don't know God stays with me even when I'm in the wrong. He thought that because of his deception, he was cut out of God's presence. One of the most wonderful truths of Scripture is that God is always with us, even when we don't feel it. What about Isaiah 59 verse 2? But your iniquity has separated you and your God. Your sins have hid His face from you, that He will not hear. Our sin may destroy our sense of God's presence, but not the reality of His presence. Look at the wonderful promise of the Bible. Jeremiah says, Can anyone hide himself in secret place? So I shall not see him, says the Lord. Do I not feel heaven and earth, says the Lord? Psalm 24, verse 8, For the Lord is near to those who have broken heart, and save such as those have contrite spirit. Deuteronomy says, For what nation is there has God so near to it as the Lord our God is with us? For whatever reason we may call upon Him, God is only a prayer away. Isaiah 17, 27, God did this so that they will seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He's not far from any one of us. He's right there with us, even when we may not realize it. As He discovered God's omnipresence, God is present in our space and time. Wherever you are, there's a ladder of heaven reaching down from God right to where you are right now. When the sun sets, God is there. When you go through affliction, problem with your job, 
when your children are sick and when your marriage on the rock, when dreams fail, God is there. And I like this book here. Uh, this is from Corey Tenborn in the book called Hiding Place, a very good book to read. Portrays the story of Corey Tenborn and her deliverance from a Nazi prison camp. The book speaks about how Corey and her sister hid the Jews in Holland. They were eventually arrested and sent to a notorious concentration camp. Corey's sister became very sick and Corey tried to encourage her not to give up. They sang Christian song, recited scripture. The prison guard came in and beat them. In the midst of unspeakable suffering, Corey and her sister witnessed for Jesus Christ. She was miraculously released from prison just day after her sister had died there. Corey survived and served the Lord. Corey Tambum said this among her many powerful quotes. And I, read, I just want to read one of it. There is no pit so deep that the love of God is not deeper still. And that's very true. Even in such a prison came can be a battle. The house of God. The gate of heaven. God can reach us even in the deepest pit. Verse 18, 19. Then Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone that he had put on his head, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on it, and called the name of the place Battle, but the name of the city has been called Luz previously. Jacob changes the name of the place from Luz meaning almond tree to Battle meaning the house of God. What a transformation of that place to go from being a name after almond tree to being named after the God of the universe. But it was no less of a transformation that Jacob had in his belief about God when he realized God is always with him. Now, century later, Jesus was answering to Nathaniel. He says he is the latest in Jacob's dream because he is the bridge between heaven and earth, the ultimate link between man and God. In John 16, 6, Jesus says, and many of you know this text, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus promised he will be with us always, as the Great Commission says, even until the ends of the earth. Today, what is the sunset experience you are going through in your life? Perhaps you are all facing a very tough time right now in our personal life, challenges in our marriage, workplace, pressure, and some of you are getting more pressure now that you have to go back to work. Uh, there were a lot of rejoicing I saw in the news. Yeah, hang, uh, everything, no more limit. Actually, 10 is as, as, <laughs> you know, as many people you can get. Right? No more limit. Then everybody will have to go back to work. Nobody rejoice after that. Uh, if some of you haven't put on your clothes for a long time. Now is the time to put back your, <laughs> uh, get back to the traffic jam. Uh, taking grab in the morning got surges. Now suddenly the price become, you know, just to come to this place, at least $30 for my home. Used to be fifteen dollars. Morning, just eight nine o'clock. Those are the peak season. Because we're so not used to it. The last two years we're just always at home, 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 right? Uh, gone were the days when you can only look good at the top. Uh, I remember those zoom. I used to like it a lot because that's all we need. Yeah, uh, our top looks good, and that's it. Uh, we don't need anything else. Nobody will know whether you take a shower or not. Only your wife would know. Nobody else would know. But in our life, we go through challenges and, you know, and it's always good for us to know that God is with us. 
Many of us are making this difficult decision right now. I have a few members are relocating. It was a difficult decision for them. I have one elder whom I love a lot, worked well with. Uh, some of you know Elder Tony Claremont. He went back to UK. It was a very uh, tough week. You know, I was, he and me are very close. We visit people all throughout the week together. And I was in his farewell at the airport. It was a very emotional farewell. We cry, all of us cry at the airport. Uh, I told Tony, thank God now there's no more social distance. At least we can take a group picture. And some few of my members are relocating as well. Difficult decisions in life. Changes, jobs, future. But one thing I do know, I have a God that cares for me. A God that not only takes care of me today, but a God that will take care of me tomorrow and the future. And more than that, He has a place for me in heaven. Amen. We can trust Him. Amen. Shall we all rise for the closing song? Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for the promise that you'll be with us even until the end of this earth. Lord, whatever that we are facing right now, challenges in our life, Father, help us to trust in you. That truly, you will be the one that leading us 
each and every day. Thank you for that leadership in our life. May we continue to trust in you until the day when you come to the clouds of glory. Bless us all now in this Sabbath. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.